are listening to Right Off the Bus. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode number 45 of Right Off the Bus. I'm Chandler Hutchinson. Unfortunately, I'm here alone today, and I'm going to get right into it and tell you guys why. I mean, no need to sugarcoat it. Unfortunately, Pat has left right off the bus. Um, it's definitely not something I was expecting or wanted to happen, but, you know, for personal reasons and things going on, Pat has to do what's best for himself, and uh, he has to prioritize some different things, and Right now, right off the bus is not in the works for that. And it's not a problem. All love in the world. Pat, one of my best friends, absolutely love the guy. There's no hard feelings. And who knows, maybe one day he'll be back. Maybe he'll be back as a guest host. Maybe he'll pop in here and there. We don't know. But all the love and support to Pat. Absolutely no issue with him there. I want that to be very clear. So hopefully, however many listeners we got, you guys stick with me. I got to be honest, you know, this is pretty new. This is pretty recent. I'm being real with it. And I don't know what the show is going to look like. I don't know if I'm going to bring in another host. I don't know if I'm going to bring in guest hosts. You know, probably how it's going to look is bring in some people to interview, bring in some guest hosts, have people on here and there, but there will be some solo shows. And again, like I said, I got to be honest, I really don't know what the plan is here. Definitely not as easy to uh, do a show by yourself. So there will absolutely be some people coming in. But, you know, we're going to put that to bed. We got to keep moving forward, upward and onward, as I like to say. So let's keep it moving. It's episode number 45 here right off the bus, which is crazy. Almost been going a year, seven episodes, and we'll hit that 52 mark. But we've been, you know, putting out some great players uh, for the number of the episodes. So I'm going with Donovan Mitchell, of the Utah Jazz, the six and one Utah Jazz, I might add, who are at the top of the Western Conference again, which we will talk about a little bit later. But shout out to Utah's young star, Donovan Mitchell. Now we're going to get into some headlines before we dive into some basketball and some football and get the show moving because it's just me because I didn't have as much time to plan this episode. This episode is going to be a little bit shorter, so don't expect that hour 10. I know when you download or watch or, you know, do whatever you're doing to, you know, interact with this podcast, you can see how long it is. So uh, you'll know, you'll know before I do right now. But let's get into some headlines, y'all. Braves beat the Astros in game six of the World Series. Jorge Soler wins World Series MVP with three homers in those six games in the World Series. Absolutely crushed it. I want to give all the love and praise to this Braves team. I mean, obviously, they're playing Houston that beat the Red Sox and the ALCS. So I'm happy that the Astros lost. Not a fan of them. And how do you not love this young Braves team? I mean, from Ronald Acuna to Jorge Soler to Freddie Freeman, the pitching staff, you see what Charlie Morton did in game one for the Atlanta Braves. I mean, how do you not root for them? Absolutely fantastic. Moving on. The New England Revolution, though they already won the supporter shield, and we talked about that. The Revs went and decided to set the MLS points record. They passed LAFC's record, which is absolutely fantastic. They are now in the history books of the MLS, and they still have one more game, y'all. They still got some games to play. I can't wait to go to playoff game, you know, uh, at Gillette Stadium for this team. I'm already planning out with some friends, so. So looking forward to that, but shout out to the Revs for setting the MLS points record, a massive, massive achievement. Moving on to the NFL in the headlines is some very, very tragic news. Not something I'm happy I have to share, but I do feel like I have to say it. Former Raiders wide receiver, Henry Ruggs, unfortunately, 
Oh, man. Kills a 23-year-old woman in a crash. She was declared dead on the scene. I mean, her car burst into flames. Her RAV4. Ruggs is driving a uh, Chevy Corvette. It was 3.39 in the morning in Vegas. He was driving 156 miles per hour, and his blood alcohol content was double the limit. Man, I mean, just prayers to the families on every side here. This is just an absolute tragedy. The Raiders continue to go through some unfortunate drama, losing their head coach, losing their first-round wide receiver, who's, who was such a talent. I mean, this guy's going to be in jail for however long. Just prayers out to the families, you know, the victims and anyone hurt in this accident. Very unfortunate. Be safe out there, y'all. It's not worth it. Call an Uber, Lyft, whatever it is, cab. Especially you got money. If you like Henry Ruggs, you better order a Lyft, have a driver. Hire your boy to be your driver, whoever it is, man. Just be smart. Moving on in the NFL, Derrick Henry injured foot out for the season. And the Titans go and they signed 36-year-old Adrian Peterson in order to be his replacement. I'm interested to see how that goes, especially since I picked him up on my fantasy team, which is an absolute shambles, I may add. But Derrick Henry out for the year. This guy had over 900 rushing yards. Nick Chubb was 350 rushing yards behind him for number two in the NFL. I mean, no one did more for their team. No one was more important to their team than Derrick Henry. And it's, you know, I don't really see the Titans being a legit contender uh, without Derrick Henry. I'm not sure if I did beforehand, especially with how they haven't been able to get Julio Jones involved. AJ Brown's finally gotten going, but Derrick Henry out for the year. Very unfortunate. Michael Thomas also ruled out for the season. It's supposed to come back week six and then week nine. Now he's been, you know, ruled out for the rest of the season. So the Saints will definitely be missing that guy set the receiving record for receptions in a season last year or the year prior um you know me i like to make up stats but michael thomas out for the year and christian mccaffrey you know designated return from the ir which is just fantastic we we're so excited to see mccaffrey back the panthers absolutely need him he could be back week nine against my new england patriots not sure if he will but obviously we'll keep you updated on that situation next week Aaron Rodgers positive COVID test. So he's out this Sunday against the chiefs. Obviously what a huge blow to the Packers. Hey, Packers GM said, you know, we're good moving forward with the Jordan love. Well, let's see if he can go beat Pat Mahomes at Arrowhead because it's the Jordan love show. Now. I mean, they'll have Devonte Adams back. Hopefully they have Lazard back. Don't know if all the Scantling will be back, but Aaron Rodgers not available on Sunday for the Packers in their game against the chiefs. Last NFL headline here, Von Miller traded to the Rams for a second round pick and a third round pick. I got to tell you, I was surprised by this deal. Obviously, Von, there were some issues with Denver. They're not going to be competing this year. And Von's at a later stage in his career, especially when you think about all the injuries this guy's picked up. You're so happy to see him on a contender. I got to tell you, I really love what the Rams are doing. I really love that the Rams are just absolutely going for it. You go and you trade for Marcus Peters. It doesn't end up working out. Gets traded to Baltimore. He's hurt. You know, unfortunate there. But you trade for Jalen Ramsey. You trade for Matt Stafford. You have Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup. Like, you have the pieces. And then you go for Vaughn Miller. And maybe, I say, I forget who tweeted out. I wish I could give them credit. But maybe the Rams looked and said, hey, we used the number one pick on Goff. It didn't work. Why do we need these draft picks there's guys available that can make differences for us right now and at six and two i'm really excited that the rams are continuing to go for it i think von miller is a huge addition most sacks in the league since he entered the league von miller 
You know what else? Aaron Donald, the most sacks since he entered the league. So these are two really, really impressive players on the same defensive line. And I'm looking forward to seeing them play together, especially with another guy like Leonard Floyd, some of the other people they have in their defense. Very exciting. And a little NBA headline before we do a couple minutes on the NBA. Chris Paul passes both Steve Nash and Mark Jackson in the same game on the all-time assist list. CP is now third all-time in assists. Just wanted to give a shout-out to the point guard, Chris Paul. I mean, again, I don't quite have him in that top five point guards of all time yet, but he's going to continue doing his thing. Who knows? Maybe he'll pass Stockton on that list. CP's all-time legend, one of the 75 best players ever, without a doubt. So shout-out to CP for uh, passing Mark Jackson and Steve Nash. Third all-time on the NBA assist list, just Gets better with age like a fine wine, man. Chris Paul is just absolutely killing it. Like I said, you know, show's going to be a little bit shorter, so bear with me for rushing through those headlines. But we're now going to get into ball don't lie, a little basketball segment. Only spend a few minutes here before we move on to uh, what happened in the NFL in week eight and move on to week nine, of course. But let's start in the Eastern Conference. The Heat and the Bulls are leading the East, both at 6-1, and one, which is absolutely amazing. I got to tell you, the Bulls look a lot better than I thought they would, and the Heat do too. You know, people continue to put the Heat in those, uh, you know, contender conversations. I still struggle to do it, but I love the starting lineup. Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker, and then you have Bam Adebayo, one of the most exciting young bigs in the league, filling out that lineup. And you have a guy like Tyler Hero coming off the bench who's absolutely balling out. I think he's averaging close to 20 a game, maybe even more. But the Heat, they are legit. I, I still don't think they're a contender. I still think that there's a couple better teams in the East. But I've been proved wrong by Jimmy Butler before, of course. And then they didn't really perform too well, only stealing a game against the Lakers in the bubble final. But, I, you know, I'm excited to see what this Heat team does. I think P.J. Tucker was just such a massive addition. I think some of the young guys are going to continue to grow into the roles, and especially when you have vets like Jimmy Butler, like Kyle Lowry. It's, it's really interesting to see where this team could go. It is a little tough, though, when you have guys that are up in age, like Kyle Lowry, like P.J. Tucker, 34, 35, 36. See how, the, see how those guys hang on over the season. The Heat are definitely a team to keep an eye on. And then over to the Bulls, Pat was just so high on the Bulls, and it's starting to make sense. They just beat us in, in a just absolutely terrible loss. We were up 27 points, and we ended up losing by 14. Don't know if it's really ever happened. I mean, normally when you blow a 27-point lead, you lose by five points, you lose by two points, you lose on a buzzer beater. But here we lost by 14. Oh, my goodness. It was more than a 41-point swing at times. I got to tell you, absolutely embarrassing loss. But the Bulls just continue to ball out. They have some young players that are playing really well, some that you haven't even heard of. I literally sent a text saying, who was this guy? He had 14 and was six for six. Rookie out of Illinois, blanking on his name right now. And unfortunately, don't have the buffer time to sit here and look stuff up. Got to keep the show moving. But the Bulls look really, really good. And I'm just very, very impressed by them. I didn't think that they would be this good. I, and again, the Bulls, I think they're more pretender than contender. They have so many good pieces. And I think pretender is a strong word, so I don't want to use that. But they may be in the top half of the Eastern Conference, but I don't quite see them as a playoff threat. Still, for me in the East, it's the Bucks and the Nets and everybody else afterwards. So, you know, we're only two weeks into the season, so let's slow down on, you know, all the finals predictions. But 
two very impressive starts in the East. And then sticking in the East, just to talk about my Celtics for a second, 12th in the East. 12th in the East out of 15 teams. Not a good feeling. We are 2-5. and five. We have two double overtime losses. And I got to tell you, it's, it's really not looking pretty. Um, there's been some bad body language, lack of effort. And with Ime Adoka coming in, you thought it would be effort. You thought it would be defense. That's what he's been preaching, you know, moving the ball, all this good stuff. And unfortunately, that's not what's been happening. And the return to Al Horford has been great. Rob Wills looked good. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have looked really good respectively. But Josh Richardson hasn't quite put out as much as we need. Our, our young guys aren't getting to play, which is a really unfortunate situation right now. I mean, I don't know what's going on inside Ime Adoka's head, but you're not playing Peyton Pritchard. You're not playing Romeo Langford much, and you're not playing Aaron Neesmith, who are three of maybe your top five or six shooters. Romeo, not so much. But Pritchard and Neesmith are the two best shooters on the team, and those are guys that we need on the court in order to space the court. I, I don't mind the double big lineup with Rob Will and Al Horford, but we need more spacing, especially in this modern NBA. So I'm, I'm hoping that some of those younger guys can build some trust with Ime and then, you know, they can continue to work into the rotation. But then, of course, after this loss, Marcus Smart calls the team out publicly. And he's saying, you know, we teams know how to guard us. They know how to guard Jason and Jalen down the stretch. And if it's just them with me standing in the corner and everyone else standing around, iso ball, it's not going to work. And he said, there's only so much I can do. There's only so much I can do sitting in the corner, which I get. But these comments weren't as inflammatory as people made them out to see, made them out to be. They're a lot more clickbaity than they actually are. You know what this is? This is a vet speaking out about what's going on. And I just really hope that, you know, outside of Al Horford, you would imagine it's Marcus Smart being a leader in that locker room. I just really hope that this sentiment has been echoed in the locker room time and time again. Because if you're going to the public with this first Marcus Smart, that's when it becomes an issue. And that's when it's a leadership issue. But if this conversation's happening in the locker room time and time and time again, and nothing's changed, then I'm okay with going public with it. But Marcus Smart said, you, uh, Marcus Smart, excuse me, GM Brad Stevens is like, yeah, you need to, you know, be a little bit more pointed and kind of know, know what to say and all this stuff when you're speaking to the media. I like that Smart did it. I really don't mind it. And he's calling the young guys out. You know, he's a vet. He's the longest tenured Celtic. This is his team. I would put a captain patch on his jersey if I could. But unfortunately, uh, I can't do that. And the Celtics are going to, you know, continue to figure things out. It's not time to press the panic button yet, folks. Not time to press the panic button. Let's wait and see. We're only seven games into the year. I feel really good about Jason Tatum. I feel really good about Jalen Brown. I love the pieces surrounding them. And I mean, let, let's look at this real quick. Little NBA stat leaders here. Al Horford, number one in blocks per game, 3.2. Rob Williams, number three in blocks per game, okay, 2.7. They are absolutely balling out on defense. I love the bigs. I love some of the guys we brought out, you know, brought back. Excuse me. I love some of the guys that we brought into the team. When you look at Al Horford, when you look at Josh Richardson, when you look at Dennis Schroeder, I like a lot of what's going on. I like our closing lineups, but – I need better coaching. I need better rotations. I need more guys in the rotation. And I, I think that the in-game management, when it, you know, when you look at lineups, I think there's a lot left to be desired there. So hopefully, 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 hopefully the Celtics can get back on track. But let's move over to the West real quick before we get on to football. The Jazz and the Warriors are at the top six and one, five and two, respectively, I believe. Oh no, six and two for the Warriors. Anyways. 
the Jazz are just becoming the greatest regular season team of all time. I mean, obviously I'm speaking with hyperbole there, but it just reminds you of one of those teams that performs in the regular season every single year, but can't get it done in the playoffs. And, you know, it's hard to find teams to compare that to, but immediately I thought of Peyton Manning's Indianapolis Colts. You're there for 15 years. You win one Super Bowl. One Super Bowl is great. He goes and gets one in Denver, but Peyton Manning might be the best regular season quarterback of all time, but I mean, he's not number one. He's not number two. He's not number three when it comes to quarterbacks all time because of the lack of success in the postseason. And again, me sitting here saying lack of success in the postseason for Manning, I'm just talking about Indy. And obviously, I mean, one of the most successful careers ever, not bad to be best five top five at your job ever, but that's what I see with the jazz. I see a team that is absolutely balling out in the regular season and it's, it's unfortunate because I just don't think they have enough to go and win in the postseason. We'll see what Donovan Mitchell can do. We'll see what Mike Conley can do. But, you know, they're going to keep balling out. Gobert's going to keep rebounding, blocking shots, and they're going to have a great year. And, you know, who knows? Maybe they'll prove me wrong and turn around the playoffs this year. Moving over to the Warriors, my pick out of the uh, West and, you know, my MVP pick, Steph Curry. They just got Kuminga back. They're, you know, trying to work him into the rotation for the first time. They still don't have Clay. They still don't have James Wiseman, and they're absolutely balling out. And back to these stat leaders in the NBA, you know who leads the league in scoring? Steph Curry. Steph Curry's absolutely going crazy right now, just balling out. I mean, what are you, what are you going to do when a guy's scoring 29 a game and there's nothing you can do to stop it? Steph's balling out. I think he has an early lead for MVP. Looking at some of these other stat leaders, Rudy Gobert, 17.6 rebounds a game. Are you kidding me? That is ridiculous. He has been in a lot of MVP conversations. I don't quite have him in there yet, but shout out Jonas Valanciunas too with 14 and a half rebounds a game. Some of these guys are balling out and you'd never know. Another one I want to shout out is John Morant. John Morant has, you know, done some pretty amazing things for this Grizzlies team already in his young career. 28.3 points per game right now. I mean... The kid is absolutely balling. The West is getting exciting, and I'm very excited to see where this NBA season goes, and we will have another little check-in after or uh, after this week. Next week, obviously, we'll talk some NBA, but we're going to get on to some NFL now in a segment we like to call Huddle Up around here. So, weird week in football last week. There was a lot of upsets, um, and you know it was a great week to view some games. The Packers go and hand the Cardinals their first loss on Thursday night with no Devontae Adams, no Alan Lazard. Rodgers gets it done 24 to 21, and they looked really good. You know, the Cardinals obviously have some holes now. J.J. Watts out for the season, which is an injury that I forgot to mention, and they're missing some guys. I mean, there was some weird plays like that Kyler throw to A.J. Green that got intercepted at the end of the game. Could have been a totally different game. But Packers go and get it done. The Bengals lose to the Jets. Did I just say that? The Bengals lost to the Jets last week and maybe the shock of the week. The Bengals' best team in the AFC. The Jets were right at the bottom. But Mike White comes out in his first start in his NFL career. 400 yards, three touchdowns. Best, you know, rookie performance since 19... No, not rookie. Best, like, career debut performance since... Cam Newton, and before that, 1950. Cam Newton's the only other guy to throw 400 yards in his debut. And watching Rex Ryan on Get Up talk about this game was really interesting because he said that the Jets and Robert Sala just absolutely stole everything the Patriots did to them the week prior. We put up 54 points on them, 
And they went and they ran the same place. He said from the gadget screens to the offensive line movement to some of the defensive coverages, he's like, they stole everything and it worked. Hopefully they do it again because it obviously worked. You put up 34 points, one of the best defenses in the league. The Bengals have an awesome defense. So the fact that they were able to win that game and hold Jamar Chase to three catches and 34 yards was really impressive. Shout out to the Jets doing what they did. The Titans beat the Colts in overtime, even though they lost Derrick Henry, which is the big storyline. But the Titans now have won three or four. Or they've won three in a row. They look really good, but who knows what's going to happen without Derrick Henry. Big win for them, though, in overtime, 34-31. Rams just killed the Texans, 38-22. Not much to talk about there. This was a surprise to me. The Steelers all put up 15 points. You don't think that's enough to win against this Browns team, but they hold the Browns to 10 points. Very unfortunate game for the Browns. Odell looks really unhappy. Apparently, they're still trying to meet with his agent, even though the trade deadline is passed. So who knows what's going to happen with Odell? We'll keep you updated there. And then, you know, I talked about last week about how the Lions could legitimately go 0-17. They... I thought that the Eagles would be their best chance to win a game, and I didn't think they were going to win it. They lost 44 to 6. 44 to 6 in what I consider their best chance to win a game all year. I mean, this was just absolutely terrible. I feel for Lions fans, it's going to be a tough rebuild, and I really don't know where this team goes. Uh, I, I want to like, I say some positives, but I'm just going to move on instead because I feel bad for these Lions. 49ers tough out a good win against the Bears 33 to 22. Justin Fields had his best game yet of his career and coincidence it's when Matt Nagy wasn't coaching the team. I don't know how much we need to read into that but hopefully we can see Justin Fields continue to evolve and develop over the next couple weeks. Panthers 19-13 over the Falcons. The Bills did what we thought they would do to the Dolphins 26 to 11. Now my Patriots got the got the sweatshirt on, got the Vrabel jersey behind me. My Patriots, 27-24 over the Chargers. And I got to tell you, the Pats were in control for most of the game. They looked really good. Mac Jones looked better than Justin Herbert, which isn't something I thought I would say. Damian Harris is one of the best running backs in the league, and it's time that he starts getting that recognition. And the Pats' defense. The Pats' defense was absolutely flying around. Adrian Phillips, two interceptions against his own team. This was a really big win for the Pats. Excuse me, but on the other side of the ball, the Chargers were four and one, got trounced by the Ravens by week, lose to the Patriots. Two bad losses, especially with the bye week in between. You thought they would fix some things. These Chargers are looking like the Chargers of last year, these last couple of games, which isn't something I thought I would be saying. I really was buying into everything Justin Herbert was doing. But they're playing the Eagles next week. I think they'll get back on track. I like what the Chargers are doing. But big win for the Patriots. Jags get just smashed by Seattle in Seattle. And Geno Smith, 31-7. to The Seahawks win that game. Broncos beat the Washington football team 17-10. to And another really big surprise, the uh, Sunday – oh, no, it wasn't the Sunday night game, but it was another 4 o'clock game. The Bucks and the Saints. The Saints beat the Bucks 36 to 27, even though Jameis Winston get no- gets knocked out. Another injury I forgot to put in the headline, so excuse me for that. But Jameis Winston out for the year. ACL gone. MCL damage as well, not torn like the ACL. But Trevor Simeon comes in and keeps the lead. You know, Brady started storming back, was playing well. 
But Trevor Simeon, some solid game management. Wide receivers looked good. Kamara was doing his thing and went and got a pitch touchdown when he needed it. Brady throws a couple picks, including a costly one towards the end of the game. Saints hold on to win 36-27. to Very impressive win. Cowboys, without Dak Prescott, game-time decision, start Cooper Rush. And he goes and he beats the Vikings. I mean, these Cowboys are now 6-1. and one. They beat the Vikings 20-16. to 16. With no Dak Prescott, their defense looked fantastic. Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, Micah Parsons. I mean, you just keep going down the list. Trayvon Diggs, they looked really good. Trayvon Diggs held Justin Jefferson to only a couple catches. The Cowboys may have the most talented roster in the league. Ezekiel Elliott did his thing without getting any love for it. Amari Cooper balled out. And these Cowboys, I mean, they're a lot better than I expected them to be. I can't believe I went for a hot take and picked Washington to win this division. I didn't know what Dak was going to look like. I mean, they don't even need Dak, and they look really good, which is kind of – I shouldn't say that. They do need Dak, but the fact they can go win with Cooper Rush. Normally, when a backup quarterback comes in, you don't expect anything from them. He went, he balled out, and people were joking, this guy looks like Carson Wentz. Yeah, or like an actor playing Carson Wentz in a movie and he did. He didn't look like he belonged out there, but he went and he proved himself. Cowboys have their backup quarterback, which isn't something a lot of teams can say. So the fact your backup can go get a win against a solid Vikings team, Cowboys fans should be feeling pretty good right now. And then the Monday night game, the Chiefs edge out a win against the Giants 20-17. to 17. It wasn't pretty, but the Giants get back to 500. They're 4-4. Four and four. And, guys, I got to tell you, I uh, – I, I didn't pick that well last week, but I did a little bit better than Pat. Beaten by two games. I was seven and eight. Pat was five and ten. And you remember Pat was winning beforehand. So even though Pat is no longer on the show, I had to do one last pick record. We ended tied, which is how we were most of the season, 75 to 47. So even though Pat's not on the show, uh, I figured I should put that on there, you know, for the time that he was here. We had the same NFL pick record. And uh, so I can't hold that over him, but. But uh, I did win the final week to tie it up. So 75 and 47 after seven and eight week. Now let's get on to the next week of picks. I'll run through these really quick. And uh, nothing like having to take a call from your mom when you're filming a podcast. I mean, that's just the way the podcast life is. But like I was saying, end up uh, tying in that matchup. Now let's move on to the week nine picks. We got four teams on by this week. Thank goodness the Lions have a bye. They need the week off. Seahawks, the Buccaneers, and Washington football as well. So four teams off, two less games this week. We got 14 games. Let's run through them real quick. We got the Jets at the Colts on Thursday night football. I'm going to go with the Colts, even though they didn't win last week, and Carson Wentz had that boneheaded interception in the fourth that ended up being a pick six. You know, believe it or not, six points is more than two, and if he just took the safety, it would have been a really different game. I'm still going to pick the Colts. I don't think the Mike White magic continues. I don't quite think the Jets have the personnel, but we'll see what happens there. I'm going to go with the Colts. We got Atlanta visiting the Saints, even though there's no Jameis Winston, even though Taysom Hill's been hurt. I'm going to go with Trevor Simeon and the Saints to win that game. They're at home. He still held on. He was, you know, making some nice throws, and they have some decent, decent running backs, wide receivers, good skill position. I'm going to go with the Saints to win that game. We got the Broncos visiting the Cowboys. I believe Dak should be back. I'm going to go with Dallas, even if it's Cooper Rush at quarterback. I think Dallas can get the win either way. I think their roster is that good. Another one o'clock game. We got the Patriots visiting the Carolina Panthers and Stephon Gilmore, that, who finally made his Panthers debut. 
I'm going to go with the Patriots here. I think the Pats are moving in the right direction. You know, they are four and four after a two and four start. Panthers are four and four after a three and oh start. I think the Pats are in a much better situation. If the Panthers are starting Sam Darnold, he may be seeing ghosts again. Bill Belichick is fantastic against these young coaches and these young quarterbacks. I'm going to go with the New England Patriots. We got the Vikings visiting Pats Ravens. I think the Ravens had a much needed bye week. I think they get the win at home. And, uh, you know, it's good time for them to rest up, get healthy. I'm going to go with Pats Ravens there. Then we got the Browns visiting Cincinnati. Coming off that loss against the Jets, I think the Bengals have their bounce back week. I think that if, you know, the Steelers are holding the Browns to 10 points, I don't see them scoring more than 20 to 24 against the Bengals. And I think it's a given the Bengals score more than that in this game. So I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals in that one o'clock matchup. Bills visiting the Jaguars, not much to say there. I think the Bills will steamroll them. I don't think it'll be close. I'm going with Buffalo. Texans at Dolphins, one of the worst matchups we're going to get all year. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I'm going to go with the home team. We've talked about it here before, but Tua is not the reason that this team is losing. Tua is not the reason that the Dolphins are one and seven. I really don't know what it is. They're not winning the close games. They don't, their defense is, you know, slipping here and there. Same, they could use some more offensive firepower, especially when it comes to their running backs. They don't have much of a run game, but I'm going to go with the Dolphins. They're at home. Not a lot of faith in this Texans team. Then we got the Raiders visiting the Giants. I'm going to roll with the Raiders, even with all the adversity going on between John Gruden, between Henry Ruggs. The Raiders are still finding a way to win games. I don't think the Giants are a very good opponent, so I'm going to go with Las Vegas in that matchup there. And then we got the Los Angeles Chargers and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles scored 44 points last week. 44 points, which I just cannot believe, but I don't think they'll be doing that on this Chargers defense. I think the Chargers, even though it's in Philly, get this win. Big bounce back week for Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert, in my opinion. Now we got the 7-1 Packers against the 4-4 Chiefs. This would be like a shoe-in for me to be like, oh, let's go Packers. But Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be playing. Aaron Rodgers is out for the next week and a half. He should be back for the, for uh, week 10. But I, I mean, I have to go with the Kansas City Chiefs here because I think that if uh, Pat Mahomes is out there and Aaron Rodgers is not, it's Pat Mahomes versus Jordan Love. Even though the Packers have a better team, better pieces right now, they're playing better and more cohesive. That's on the shoulders of Aaron Rodgers. He's one of the best players in the league, one of the best players ever. He's not out there. I'm going to go with Kansas City unless Jordan Love surprises us all. And then we got Arizona at San Francisco. I think Arizona goes into San Fran and gets that win. I think it's a little bit of a lopsided matchup. Kyler Murray's going to ball out. 49ers just don't quite have enough. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo wins that quarterback matchup. And then we got the Sunday night game, which I'm really excited for. It's the Titans visiting the Los Angeles Rams. Now, if Derrick Henry was out there, I would pick the Titans. I mean, they have been balling. They've beat a couple tough opponents. They just beat the Colts. They just beat the Chiefs. They just beat the Bills. But Derrick Henry's not out there. Ryan Tannehill in primetime with no Derrick Henry. Give me the Los Angeles Rams all day. And Cooper Cup, who's, I mean, he, he could be on an MVP campaign right now too. And then an unfortunate Monday night game. We got the Bears visiting the Steelers. I'm actually going to go with the Bears there. Um, I think the Bears, I think, I think Justin Fields is playing well for them. I think that he has a chance to go, you know, win a game in primetime where not a lot of people have expectations of them. The Steelers' defense is solid. The Steelers are 4-3. and three. They probably are favored in this game, especially being home. 
but I think Justin Fields, I, I'm, I'm looking for a big, big primetime game. Maybe Allen Robinson can get his value up too. But I'm going to pick the Bears in the Monday night game in Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, like I said, short episode. We're not going to be doing listener questions today. We will bring them back next week. So I'm going to get a quick add in from BookThinkers. We'll do what I've learned and uh, we'll do a little wrap up on my sports themes and then we'll get out of here. So, do you read personal development books? If so, please, please, please go check out BookThinkers. This is a company that's dedicated to helping you fulfill your life every single day through books. Every day on Instagram and every single week on the podcast, the team over at BookThinkers is trying to connect you with new books and new mentors that you can use to achieve more and live better. So please, please, please know the right book can absolutely change your life if you're at the right time. Please head over to Instagram, type in BookThinkers or go over and search bookthinkers.com and you know learn more about their team, their mission and everything they got going on. Now what I've learned this week, I learned, I mean, I'm so excited for this UFC 268 bout that we got coming this Saturday. What I've learned is Usman, Kamara Usman could be on his way to GOAT status after UFC 268 this weekend. Usman right now is 19 and 1. He's been absolutely dominating and I mean after he after he wins this fight, he's going to have the second most title defenses in his weight class other than George St. Pierre. I, I mean, are you kidding me? George St. Pierre is one of the goats, GSP. Usman, I mean, he's defended against Masvidal, Gilbert Burns, Jorge Masvidal again, and Kobe Covington. And he beat Tyrone Woodley to take the belt. These are absolutely great wins, and he said it. I mean, he's like, I'm lapping. I'm lapping this division, and it started with Jorge. Now he's going to do it to Kobe Covington. I mean, you hope that eventually a guy like Leon Edwards gets this fight or someone else, but no one can touch Usman. He's head and shoulders above the rest of his weight class. And I mean, that's what I learned this week. I just think that Kamaru Usman is on his way to goat status. He's not the goat, you know, there's John Jones, there's Khabib, there's other guys, but in his own weight class, you put him and GSP next to each other, both in their prime. With just how the fight game has evolved, I'm going Usman all day. And, I mean, that's what I've learned. I think he's on his way into, you know, maybe top five, top six status in UFC history and folklore. And he could be on his way to Mount Rushmore. That's what I've learned this week. Hopefully you guys, uh, you know, will tune into that fight. Excited to watch it with some buddies on Saturday. Now, you know, since it's just me, I'm just going to do a little wrap-up on my teams real quick. This will be fast. But you guys know I'm a huge Pats fan. I think the Pats are on the rise. I think they're trending in the right direction. I think after uh, this week, I think they'll be five and four, get above 500. Pats are headed in the right direction, which I'm really excited about. The Celtics, unfortunately, are not. But I don't think it's time to hit the panic button yet. I think we need to be rational sports fans here and understand that we're two weeks into a new season, trying to incorporate new players, new coaches, all these things. It's a lot. It takes weeks. It takes months. So please don't hit the panic button on these Celtics yet, even though they're not quite trending in the right, right direction. The Red Sox have some work to do, but hey, I was thinking about this after the Astros lost. I was like, you know, at least the Astros lost. We beat the Rays, who are the best team in the AL. We beat the Yankees, our biggest rival. We beat our two division opponents, so I feel pretty good about the Red Sox season. A lot of work to do this offseason. I'm excited to see what roster moves they make and what core can do, but the Red Sox are looking pretty good for next year. Obviously, I'm a big Revs fan. The Revs team are the Revs are the best team in MLS. And I mean, if they go and win a couple playoff games, they're right there as one of the best teams in MLS history. Please, please, please become a soccer fan now. There's no better time to be an American soccer fan. 
internationally or you know a new england soccer fan with the revs so please 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 check them out support them they got a good game against inter miami coming up before the playoffs some of the best players in the league they're very exciting check out the revs they're just absolutely incredible best team in new england and then my last team is liverpool i'm a big liverpool fan and they're playing atletico today it's actually about to start as i'm recording this on a wednesday the show will be out on thursday but they're hoping to secure around a 16th spot in the Champions League. They're leading their group, Group B. And with a win or draw today, they are guaranteed to be in pretty much. So hopefully Liverpool can get that done. They're also second in the Prem. But that's my little that's my little team wrap-up of all the teams I support. And that is episode 45, y'all. I hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, obviously I'm missing Pat here. I wish he was here. But, hey, you know, things happen. Things change. And uh, this podcast is going to evolve and hopefully move in the right direction. And, Hope you guys are with a, with me for that journey with us, whoever else is going to be part of this. Um, you know, it's going to be a journey. It's going to be very new. And I hope that you guys stick with us. Your support means all the world. And I promise you over the next couple of weeks, we're going to have some fun guests, some fun co-hosts, and we're going to get back into making the show what it's supposed to be. Have a little bit more time and flexibility now. So I'm excited to see what the show can grow and evolve into. And I, ju- I thank everybody listening so much that, you know, you guys are part of that and support it. I really do not take your time for granted. I mean, uh, how long is this show right now? This is going to be about 40 minutes. You know, I, I, you know, you spend 40 minutes with me. It's not easy to cut out 40 minutes of your week. So the fact that you can fit me in there, I really do appreciate you. I do not take your time for granted. And thank you spent, for spending some time with me. If you're listening to this on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever it is, in the car, on a jog, working out. Whenever you get it in, I'm glad you're getting after it. I appreciate everybody, all the love, support. Please hit like, subscribe and save share comment whatever you can to help this podcast i always say but any button you can press on any social it's going to help us in some way now please 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 check us out next week for episode number 46 but uh right off the bus i'm chandler hutchison and that's episode 45 appreciate y'all you are listening to right off the bus Thank you.